This October, the Cinepunks Podcast Group invites you to our annual celebration of all things spooky. Cinnaween. From October 1st to October 31st, Cinnabox.com is your home for Halloween scares and fall phobias. New writing, special podcast episodes, Patreon exclusive content, all to make you feel seasonally creepy. <laughs> everyone and welcome to episode 17 of the flight stuff an alpha flight podcast my name is Liam O'Donnell I am one of your hosts and uh, founder of cinepunks.com my name is Adriana Gilbert a managing editor of cinepunks.com and I'm Doug Tilly a contributor to uh, cinepunks.com and alpha flight fanatic Liam yeah that's what everyone knows you as is the the real fanatic one of this podcast Though I have to say, Liam, after this most recent episode of our podcast, I'm feeling less fanatical than usual. I have to say that whole Puck backstory, it's made my fandom take a bit of a hit. Well, um, that's sad mm-hmm. to hear considering uh, you're really here as our like, everyman. So I feel like that's everyone right. who listens to this who isn't already you know, bitten with the with the alphan bug, so to speak, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is now going to be as bummed out as you are. Uh, Adriana, you you've already put up with all this mess about Puck. Are you feeling any less excited about Alpha Flight than you were when we started this show? No, but it's only because I knew what we were getting into with that transition from Burn to Mantlo. So I I was sure. already stealing myself. <laughs> <laughs> you had already girded your loins. Is that is that a thing? Yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, regardless of uh, this past episode and the material we covered in it, there's actually new things to talk about, uh, though we won't be going too in-depth, but it's worth noting Alpha Flight True North, the, the, the new Alpha Flight one-shot, has been released. It was released at the beginning of this month. It seems to uh, have garnered some rave reviews. Rave reviews. Uh, we've got a few of them here. Uh, they, you know, what we have in front of us ranges from truly just, uh, in love. So comicbook.com, 10 out of 10, not at all what I expected though in the best possible way. Uh, yeah. Okay. They're stoked. Uh, the most negative one we have here is, uh, uh, from comic watch 7.4 out of 10 alpha flight true north is a good introduction for new readers and something new for longtime alpha flight fans they still seem pretty stoked uh did did, <laughs> did anyone hate this thing or, or or are we all pretty excited that alpha flight is back did you guys see anyone hating on this thing out there on the internet doug did you see see any negative feedback out there yeah, I, all I did was searches for Alpha Flight and Alpha Flight True North and the word sucks. And I barely found anything, Liam. Look, the fact is, it, it this new book, which I have read, um, is really meant for people who already love Alpha Flight. I mean, it, it is really a love letter to fans to a great extent. Uh, it, though, like those reviews said, I mean, it is a good starting place for some as well. So I think if you are already endeared with the group, that it's very likely that you're going to find a lot to love with it. It is, in many ways, the best version of Alpha Flight. Now, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, uh, but I, I have seen little bits here and there that suggest that uh, Marina is in it and doesn't suffer some sort of horrible fate. Adriana, are you as upset by this as I am? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm pretty posy on Marina in the uh, in True North season. What <laughs> <laughs> <One> more? Doug wins. <laughs> Liam, she specifically refers to herself as a Newfoundlander in Alpha Flight True North. I feel like that's a big win, if not a tribute to me being on this podcast. So uh, I feel like if they lean a little heavier into the Newfoundlander aspect of her personality, soon she'll be everybody's favorite character. Makes sense to me. Does she address at all about how being a, a, a I don't even know how to say it. 
No, you don't. <laughs> does she address it all about being from where you're from? No one noticed that she's a fish lady? That they just were all like, yeah, the fish lady. That makes sense. If you recall, in the early issues. I didn't know if it came up again. If she was just like, oh, man, I love it here. No one cares that I'm a crazy looking fish lady. Look, that, what, what you should take away from that is that Newfoundlanders are very accepting. Uh, sure. And they're a little less judgmental than, say, people from Pennsylvania. Oh, all right. right. I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, I'm excited to read it. Uh, We'll be covering it here, of course. uh, And I'm I'm excited that people seem stoked on it. Um, You know, I I can't help but go in a little skeptical, but I I think I'm probably going to be surprised. And and I'm excited about that. Let's uh let's jump into to our material. We're we're gonna be covering issues thirty three and thirty four. If you haven't read them yet, now would be a good time to go read them to prepare <laughs> yourself or, or not. You know your method is your method. I'm not here to judge. Uh, Alpha Flight number thirty three is from April nineteen eighty six. Covered by Mike Mignola. Written by Bill Mantlo. Penciled by Sal Busima, not Buscemi. Uh, Alpha Flight number thirty three. Doug, what happens in this issue? <laughs> This uh, issue is, uh, the story is called A Friend in Need, and it starts uh, with Heather Hudson. You might remember that she's still upset. Puck was unwilling to train her to be a superhero, so now she's flying to the X-Mansion to guilt Logan into training her instead. Uh, But who cares about that? Marina is back, (laughs) kind of. She still looks like a monster, but she's being chased by the, uh, through the North Atlantic by Atuma, warlord of Atlantis. Um, And I guess they want to use her as bait in order to get to Namor, but we'll... We'll get to that a little bit later. She's also in some kind of weird pain. And I guess psychically, uh, it radiates through the cosmos. And Snowbird, she's now immediately under physical distress. Doug Thompson doesn't know what he can do. He brings in a local doctor to help, but he's unable to do anything. She starts raving about pathetic humans, which cannot be good. Puck, meanwhile, he's recovered from his terrible origin story, races off in the Omnijet to track Heather. Meanwhile, she reaches the X-Men, who quite reasonably think that she's a threat, and they try to murder her. Wolverine calms them down, and he and Trevor, uh, he and Heather drive together, and she asks for training. This leads to a very strange flashback to when they first met, uh, and so this is how this plays out. On their honeymoon, James Hudson and Heather went to Wood Buffalo National Park, uh, the largest national park in Canada, where they get attacked by a feral, nearly naked Logan. Heather shoots him in the back, and the pair bring him to a secluded cabin, which apparently are just all over Canada. And James leaves Heather alone with the bedridden Logan to get a medevac chopper up there. She tends to his wounds and witnesses the first time his claws pop out, which makes him very, very upset. Uh, I'm pretty sure that gets retconned as well. Anyway, Logan is about to make a decision on training her. Uh, now, this is back. This is not in the flashback anymore. Make a decision on training her, but then they get attacked by Lady Deathstrike and her samurai, who've been trailing Logan for reasons that will be revealed in the next issue. It's time to fight. Whew. Action-packed. Mm-hmm. Lots of backstory. Lots of current story. Lots of... Uh, Marina being weird. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to drive. <laughs> I would in. say very little of Marina being weird. Actually, she's <laughs> in like the beginning e- of this issue and then drops out. Even a pan- it's all I can think about though. Much. Oh my god! I like how at the same time we express the exact opposite emotions. <laughs> Doug is like, even a panel is nice, and I'm like, even a panel is too much. <laughs> uh, before we jump into all that, let's talk about this cover. This cover. What do we think about this cover, Adriana? What 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 are you thinking? How are you feeling about this cover? Overall, I would say that it's an okay cover, but the thing that I find very striking about it is that Snowbird, Box, Aurora, and Northstar look very ghostly. They're like specters hovering overhead. Mm. And it's a really interesting compositional choice that uh, works for me a lot. Um, I'm not really sure uh, the, the purpose of it, but... Uh, I mean, I guess it, it sort of, uh, in a way, speaks to the fact that, you know, as all of uh, the action inside is transpiring with the X-Men and Heather, uh, the rest of Alpha Flight are just sort of uh, in, in the background. And you can kind of they're, sense their presence, but they aren't like a, a super huge part of the story in this issue. Uh, and so I, I don't really know if that was what that cover was trying to communicate, but... Uh, it's an interesting parallel with what's going on in the actual issue proper. Hmm. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. The the sort of thematic things connected there. I, I I think as a kid, I would not have immediately understood 
that suggestion. I might have <laughs> just been like, I'm not sure what's going on here. Doug, what do you what did you think of this co- cover? Uh, uh, does it do you do you feel the same way? Do you like it? Is it medium? How do you feel about it? Uh, the thing that really stands out on this cover to me is that you have the X-Men and they're drawn in a Mike Mignola really spooky way with all the blacks and things like that. And it's really striking to see them look so villainous as they're kind of standing over a uh, fallen soon-to-be Vindicator uh, laying on the ground there with basically smoke coming from what appears to be her corpse. It, I mean, again, it's 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 a bit of a bait and switch and we're kind of used to that at this point though it does kind of happen in the episode in the uh, issue proper but i mean i i really think it's interesting to see the x-men drawn that way and presented that way simply because i'm so not used to it um like uh like adriana said the fact that there's this kind of like giant ghostly images of the rest of alpha flight in the background it is unusual it does kind of draw the eye while still kind of fading into the background it feels almost like it was a late addition it kind of feels separated from the rest of the image as a whole that said there would be a lot of just trees in the background if they weren't in there but yeah no the the enduring memory of this cover for me is how the x-men themselves are are presented on it yeah i i i'm also sort of struck um in the same way by these intense X-Men pictures, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's a bait and switch in the simple fact that, uh, you know, she isn't dead because she looks dead here. But um, in the way that the X-Men are portrayed in the issue is not exactly positive either. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get a little bit into that. So in some ways I felt like it kind of works um, visually for me. It, it's, it's fine. It's just not, I think some of his other covers that we've seen have been a lot better than this one. So uh, I think aesthetically, I'm just like not as stoked on it. It just doesn't sort of stand out to me. But I, I kind of like, I kind of would like to see. I wish he had done some issues of X Men. <laughs> I think I would have liked to have seen that and uh, see his portrayal of those characters. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, he, all right. So uh, this issue sort of picks up a, a loose plot thread from the. Um, uh, puck issue that we you know just covered and did not so much enjoy in which uh that issue starts with this conversation between puck and heather and then heather zooms off before uh the uh razor shows up but it's black razor right yeah <laughs> yeah before black razor shows up heather just leaves understandably upset uh in in the way that she's been treated here and that puck won't train her and here's where she's off to she's going to go find the other kind of warrior in her life who she's known for so long uh so she's just zooming off to see the x-men uh adriana what did you think of this issue what did you think of the storyline here of vindicator going to train uh well i guess she's not vindicator yet of heather going to train with wolverine uh of her interaction with the x-men all that how did that sort of appeal to you uh and and how uh this represents heather's next step as a character and as a leader Man, I have a lot of thoughts floating around in my head about this issue. Um, regarding regarding Heather's story arc in this issue, there's a lot more of like what we've been seeing from Mantla, which is this ridiculous, melodramatic, histrionic characterization of Heather uh, that I just cannot stand. It kind of reaches a fever pitch when she... It's not actually clear in the comic, I don't think, if she jumps out of the car while it's moving but yeah <laughs> wolverine makes i guess like an off color remark to her and she just like storms out of the car into the woods i think it's fair to say that heather has had self-doubt and uncertainty about her role in alpha flight since james's death but she had a level-headed way of looking at things and and she was a bit more grounded under burns pen and with mantelo It seems like he's grasping for this narrative of, like, tortured, conflicted, still grieving leader in the throes of an existential crisis. But it really just comes across as, like, a sexist mishandling of her character. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm very ambivalent about Heather's part in this issue. Because on one hand, I love seeing the X-Men show up and, and, you know, they are part of her storyline. Uh, so I like that aspect of it, but when it comes to like how Heather is actually portrayed and how her her journey is, is playing out, I could do without it. 
I feel like that comes across even uh, when we check in with uh, Alpha Flight, right? That that the way they talk about Heather is, and not just Northstar. Like they all want Northstar to be nicer to her, but but I, none of them seem that concerned with with uh, how she feels. Even Puck, like Puck, seems motivated at this point only by his romantic interest in her. Yeah. Uh, and less by any desire to help her sort of be a strong leader. Um, Which I, I think is out of character. That, yeah, it doesn't make sense for It doesn't feel to me like it makes sense for him. Uh, Doug, what do you think? Do you do you agree? Is this, is this seem like a weird sort of turn for uh, Heather and, and for the rest of the team and how they rea- relate to Heather? I feel bad that whenever Northstar... Tears, tears into Heather talking about how she shouldn't be leader. That I like agree with him. I'm yeah, like, you're the yes, worst. he's making yeah. some good points. You know, he could probably <laughs> learn a bit of tact, but is he actually wrong with about Heather in in, in this issue of what he's saying? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, he like he the first time Northstar appears in this issue, he's saying is like her running off like this, especially considering they just were attacked immediately afterwards. Like that's no way for a leader to act, and he's a hundred percent right. Yeah, she really need you know. Again, this is um, there's been a clear difference in how Bill, Bill Mantlo has been handling her as a character, even though there's been that self doubt that was part of the John Byrne run, it, like the histronics and the. Um, the emotional outburst, they've been all turned up. I mean, Adriana mentioned it, and she mentioned it perfectly. The character has become a little unpleasant. Now, that said, I do feel like we are supposed to, as readers, take this issue and the next one as an example of her finding a maturity. Yeah. And at least and at least this is supposed to be her like kind of tangling with her new abilities through the suit. And by the end of it, Finally. she's supposed to have found herself. That said, you know, I like the idea that she kind of is going with, which is I'm going to find Wolverine. I'm going to find my old friend, Logan. We're going to go through what days or weeks or months of training. She never really kind of details to him what training means. (laughs) Like, is he going to take her to the woods and they're going to break boards and something? We don't really know, but like the idea is that this should be a slow thing and she's going to learn that responsibility and that maturity and learn how to handle her suit. But it, the way that is presented now in these books is, Oh no, wait, I just needed to have one fight where I gained my confidence. And now I I'm there. I'm exactly where I need to be. And I don't know if I like that necessarily, but in terms of this part of the story as presented in this issue, I do like the idea that she went to see Logan. I do think that that's a natural extension of where this story should be going right her returning to someone who was um who helped her in her youth but i do want to talk about that story that flashback part of the story where she meets him for the first time it's so strange it is weird i know that plays into something that we is talked about in the next issue and i can only hope that wherever that's going is not what it seems to be but the very fact that, that they're on their honeymoon and she ends up shooting Logan in the back and then tying him to a bed while her husband just leaves her and a snowstorm hits. And then he has his uh, claws come out for the first time and he just screams no into the sky. And that's supposed to be like their their initial bonding. It's just very, very weird. Uh, and, you know, I, I do like the fact that Bill Mantlo is investigating some of the background that was just hinted at in some of the John Byrne things. But uh, there's also advantages of keeping some of those elements mystery, uh, sorry, keeping those elements mysterious. And I think as we all know, when it comes to Weapon X, when it comes to Wolverine's background, it's just going to get more complex and messy uh, before it ever gets cleaner. Including in the next issue. Including in the oh, next issue. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and then I'm trying to remember if, you know, there's there's the famous Wolverine issue where he finds all the sets of his life that were all faked anyway. And I keep being like, <laughs> was, the, was the honeymoon one of the sets? I don't even remember anymore. It all got so complicated. Um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I want to talk a little bit more about that, too. Um, and, and I get... Uh, I get the feeling that maybe Northstar has a point, and and I and I don't know that that's um, not what Mantlo. I, I think Mantlo wants us a little bit to to hear Northstar and hear him as like the jerky guy who maybe has a point. Um, but I, on the other hand, you know, it's a little too. I, this is the this is my thing is that uh, she's already shown herself to be something of a leader, maybe not great. But uh, she's been in combat situations sans zappy powers. So the fact that now all of a sudden 
it's like she's got to have powers or there's no go. It's, it, it feels a little late for that for me. And, and even with Northstar, I'm thinking, how many times is he just going to keep saying this? I feel like at this point he would have been like, yeah, well, you know, I still think we need a different leader, but she's not that bad. Uh, but no, like everyone is still in the same mode. It's like time doesn't pass anymore and we're just going to keep saying the same things over and over again or they pass away it doesn't make any sense so for example when alpha flight is having this conversation jeffries has this like huge outburst on puck and about him uh you know having his own power because of <laughs> razors inside of him and all this stuff and that's like contradicts everything he was just saying to puck in the last issue actually yeah and technically speaking, the only real power that Razor gives him is that he stays young. Otherwise, every the rest of his abilities are purely from him working hard to maintain his physical abilities. He's not <laughs> given super strength by Razor. You know what I mean? So, like, it doesn't even really apply. Th- that whole scene was weird. But uh, I want to actually talk a little bit about the X-Men. This is, you know, a period in time when Magneto is sort of the stand-in leader of the X-Men, kind of. I guess he's more the New Mutants leader, but he... Uh, he Storm still... makes, sh- makes sure that she says, I am the leader of the X-Men. Right, right, right. <laughs> he still ends up doing a lot of leadership things, it feels like. <laughs> like but, making yeah, them go Storm. to the opera, because that clearly wasn't a choice that they all just mutually agreed <laughs> no, on. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but... Am I alone in thinking the the X-Men I, I always enjoyed the X-Men seemed pretty aggressive during this time period that the, you know being outlaws they had a bit of an outlaw edge and in this issue it felt less like they were outlaws more like they were jerks am I alone in thinking that that they just came across uh both aggressive and slightly inept uh in in what they were doing or 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 uh, I don't know what what do you guys think about that I didn't get that takeaway from it yeah, me either. I think they were just sort of on edge, and they saw somebody in the sky coming at them uh, at a great speed, and and they reacted. And it was all it was all kind of instantaneous too. I mean, as soon as Wolverine's like, "No, she's a friend." I mean, they kind of back off, and then they try to save her. It's only that initial. I mean, like, how many times have the Sentinels just come down and tried to attack them at the mansion? Right. I think they're right to be a, a little on edge when there's just. Like this being of pure energy or electromagnetic energy heading towards them. They don't know what to expect. And as Wolverine quite rightly brings up, you know, she probably could have called ahead. I, I'll take the call to head, but I don't think so. I, I completely disagree with everything y'all are saying in the sense of, A, it's just one person. And they could take on like 20 Sentinels at this point. B... Uh, you know, she, she Rachel has to clarify. Like, I just said she was confused. I didn't say she was trying to get us. So it's like they're not even listening to, to each other. They're basically. It feels to me like they're acting like Alpha Flight. That's what I'm trying to say. Right <laughs> is that Mantlo is writing them like Alpha Flight, and that they're not a cohesive team. And to me, they work. We, they, you know, they've been doing this a lot longer. They're the they know how to work together. It just felt like the whole thing is just not. Great. They don't. You they know, don't whatever. have Professor. They don't have Professor X. They're melding their brains together and giving out psychic commands. <laughs> That's true. Without the psychic commands, they really can't do <laughs> much of anything. Um, but I did like Storm saying, "Well, the opera simulcast." So I'll just watch it on TV. <laughs> um, that part worked for me. But yeah, you know, I, I, I guess my feeling on the X Men uh, was like that was not this hostile and maybe that's just my own bias um because occasionally there might be people that they you know are allies with and they shouldn't just blast out of the air but i don't know uh i I think y'all are right too they have been under attack enough at this point that maybe this makes (laughs) sense it's just it felt it felt jarring to me but it is what it is uh i do want to make sure we don't gloss over something very important to you doug uh we briefly see marina mm-hmm. uh and, it, and 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 you know she's in pain and she's being chased by an atlantean i've never heard of uh how did you feel doug was this was this a, a nice little taste of your favorite uh hometown hero i worry a little bit because uh i feel like we haven't read some of her backstory and how it connects to namor and uh so this kind of felt like it was dipping in from some other continuity that I didn't have a lot of familiarity with. I also forgot that she was still in kind of a monster form. <laughs> so it was a little jarring to see that as well. But all that said, Liam, I'm ready for Marita to come back and take her rightful place as leader of Alpha Flight. Oh, man. Yeah. Man, you really, you really nailed that. That's crazy. 
And is this issue, do we, is it established in this issue that uh, Snowbird is experiencing the pain that Marina is experiencing? Yes, 100%. Okay, they, that's we, they don't, she doesn't get to go, uh, Doug Thompson doesn't bring her to Alpha Flight until, I think it's, right. it's, it's yeah, but, but yeah, she's feeling that pain. She's got some some sort of uh, limbic resonance situation going on. If you've seen the Wachowski series Sense8. <laughs> now canceled. Uh, yeah, I didn't pick. I actually somehow missed that, that that's what was going on mm-hmm. with her. Uh, what did you think of that? That was another uh, aside in which uh, your man, Doug, your favorite character, is thinks that Snowbird can just see the local physician and that's going to work out. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I want to talk about this just briefly, which is that, I mean, I do think it does speak to the fact that Doug Thompson doesn't really understand the fact that th- his girlfriend is a little more than human and that he doesn't really know how to deal with that, which I actually think is an interesting aspect of his personality. Yeah. But the thing I really want to mention, and this is going to tie right into the art, is that Doug Thompson is balding again. They took away his, <laughs> they took away the dude's hairline. What What's going on here? <laughs> I know. I could not. Continuity, I guess. I can't I tell know. you how upset I was to see that. <laughs> well, let's, uh, unless anyone has anything else to say, I mean, you know, Lady Deathstrike, we don't really get much uh, from her. Uh, we get a lot more <laughs> next issue about her backstory and uh, the fun tie-in to, to Daredevil, and, and that's going to be great. Oh, boy. Uh, but uh, unless anyone has any other points they want to bring up, let's talk about the art. Let's do it, Liam. So, uh, uh, what did we think about the art this issue? We've got is this now is this the same person who did last issue? No. This is a No, this is Sal Busima. Sal Busima does two issues before uh moving on. So this is a legend dropping in to uh to pencil a couple of issues of Alpha Flight. I am completely unfamiliar. Where should I know Sal Busima from? I think he had a really lengthy run on Incredible Hulk. I think that's one of the Yes, things. he yeah, did. I think that's what he's most well known for. Was his was his Hulk as thick as Manuel's? <laughs> Nobody is as, as thick as Manuela. Oh, well then, what's the point? I don't understand. Uh, okay, well, Adriana, what did you think of the art this issue? Um, well, I think it was a, a it was a noticeable improvement from the last issue. Uh, nothing especially exciting going on formally, but I think Busima captures facial expressions really well. Uh, and in particular, Heather, there were some really good shot. There were some really good panels rather of like close ups of Heather. And he just is very good at, 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 at capturing this sort of um, a, a sense of desperation in her face, especially when she's in the woods talking to Wolverine. Hmm. Doug, what did you, how did you feel about uh, Busima's art? I do think that his ability to capture facial expressions and emotions in those facial expressions is what kind of makes, uh, kind of brings the highlights of this issue, particularly when uh, Wolverine and Heather are just having their moments together. And uh, there's a, there's a bit right after the the flashback where it's just them talking to each other, and it's kind of different angles of Wolverine's face. And there's one part where he has the smoke because he's smoking at the time coming out of his nose, which is just a really nice little detail. Yeah. It says a lot about who he is and, and how that character works. Really. I like his presentation uh, of Wolverine as a whole. I like how he draws him. I like his, his kind of posture and things like that. That said, overall, I can't say I was a big fan of the art in this issue. There isn't a lot wrong with it, I wouldn't say. Maybe I'm just feeling really salty because of Doug Thompson's hair. But uh, some of the characters just don't feel quite right to me. And, of course, that's always going to happen with a new penciler to some extent. But, like, even the way that he draws uh, James Hudson, his hair is, like, he doesn't even really look like James Hudson that we've known in the past. I wouldn't have recognized the character if they didn't reference him by name. And I do have to say, I think I referenced it just briefly before, when Wolverine's claws pop out and he's like screaming about it and they basically bisect a page with no going down the middle, I think that comes off as really cheesy. I don't think it really is as impactful and emotional as that moment is supposed to be in the issue proper. Um, and I, again, I don't want to make too much of it. It's nice to see, again, a legendary uh, penciler come in and and have his take on some of these characters. But I really think that the quieter... Uh, more sedate moments are more interesting uh, and and uh, are work better than than the other parts of the issue. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, I, I agree as well. I think uh, I definitely noticed what you were saying about James looked a little off-brand. I would say the same with Jeffrey's. Uh, yeah. Jeff- Jeffrey's face is so long. And, um, you know, one of the things I liked about when Jeffrey's first showed up is that he didn't look anything like this guy. They, he looks at nothing like this person that I'm looking at. And uh, uh, other than the black hair, they, they look like very different people. Uh, and that's, so that, you know, that's not my favorite. I don't like when, when it's a noticeable difference. I'm sure the way he draws other characters were a little bit different, too. But I didn't notice it, right? It's enough. It's similar enough that I'm going along with you. But there was a couple places where I it didn't work for me. Um, yeah, I mean, here's, a, here's how I felt about the art. For the most part, I didn't notice it. Like, it didn't stand out to me, uh, which in some ways is good. Sometimes, you know, if the story is working, it might be nice to feel like, okay, well, what I'm seeing here is just something kind of basic that works for what we're doing, and it's not a big deal and whatever. But it also goes the other direction. There was nothing for me that made me stop and think, oh, wow, this is really great, or wow, you know, I really Mm -hmm. like what he did here. It just serviced the story for me. Uh, and it never drew me out of things, but it never really drew me in enough either to really sort of take notice and say, "Oh, I like, I like this. I like what he did here." Uh, I think what y'all are saying is 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 true about the, the facial expressions, but uh, I would have liked at least one sort of big something that stood out for me. Uh, and maybe that's just my taste. Maybe I just like things a little bit flashier than is necessary. But I also at no point thought. Oh, this is bad. This guy's really mm. blowing it. Like that didn't happen either. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I can't complain too hard. I felt I felt like it it worked pretty good, but it, it wasn't something that I, I I was too stoked on. I will say, Liam, that the final panel with the samurai surrounding Heather and Wolverine it did give me a lot of hope for the next issue because I'm like, oh yeah, now we're getting into it, right? Now we're going to see what uh, like a, like the kind of big splashy thing that you were talking about. It's true. It's true. Uh, I I like that as well. Um, although you know, I I, uh, I you know, I wish they were wearing dark colors. I don't know why they're wearing white. <laughs> you don't you don't blend in when you're wearing white. I just, just, hey, look, the ninja like movies. That I never of, understand the ninja movies of the mid '80s. There were a lot of colorful ninjas. Also, are they ninjas or are they samurai? I need some clarification. <laughs> it's supposed to be yeah. I mean, based on on their their armor. It's 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 samurai armor. That's like that's like classic feudal Japanese samurai armor. Yeah, but some of them are just dressed in just just white costumes with I no armor a, at all. Yeah, I think it's a mix, and that's yeah. weird. That's a weird choice. I, I guess think. I'm like that that Mignola cover that we're gonna talk about soon. It's so awesome that <laughs> I, I know. just like envision, envision all of them looking like that. But well, heck, we might as well get there, y'all. Let, let's get there, Liam. All right, so Alpha Flight uh, number 34 from May 1986. Uh, again, Mike Mignola cover written by Bill Mantlo, pencil by uh, Sal Buscema. Um, uh, Doug, why don't you tell us about what happens, and then we'll talk about the cover. Uh, this story is called Honor. So uh, as I mentioned, Doug Thompson, who's bald again, he's brought Snowbird to the Alpha Flight headquarters to get help for her mysterious illness. He's looking for Shaman, but uh, Shaman is still on a spiritual quest. We get a little taste of that here, and he's unavailable. Also, whatever happened to Talisman? Hopefully she'll be back soon. But who cares about any of that? Wolverine and Heather, they have to fight Lady Deathstrike and her men since she figures that Wolverine's adamantium-laced bones belonged to to her late father, who invented the process of bonding the metal two bones. So uh, also, Heather, she remembers seeing a file on that very subject on her late husband's desk, which leads her to wildly speculate that James Hudson was a manipulative liar who intentionally tried to encounter Logan on their honeymoon and then have her, her care for him. Uh, I think she says something about beauty soothing the beast, that sort of thing. So while battling Samurai by herself, Heather decides that she'll take her husband's original superhero named Vindicator, which is probably a decision that's best left until later. Puck then arrives in the Omnijet, bonking Wolverine on the head with it. Lady Deathstrike... She's about to kill Wolverine, but the all-new Vindicator appears and breaks Lady Deathstrike's unbreakable sword. Uh, she deserved to win after all this. Oh, and remember Marina? She's still being pursued by Atuma, uh, who captures her after she grows exhausted. And I guess we'll have to see what happens with that. Thanks, Doug. Uh, mm-hmm. Before we talk about all of those events, uh, both 
awesome and weird. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about this cover. Adriana, you already mentioned that this cover is awesome. Talk about why it's so awesome. Yeah, uh, Mike Mignola throwing us some Kurosawa realness with this cover. Um, <laughs> is that the category? I didn't realize. <laughs> it is now. Um, yeah, I love this cover. It, it's it's basically just this action snapshot of Wolverine and Heather midair cutting through a, a tumbling tower of armored samurai. And uh, Mignola just nails the kinetic energy of this scene. And it, it would be, it would be a perfect cover for me if it weren't for the unfortunate anatomical tomfoolery <laughs> going on with Heather. <laughs> with, with all due respect to Mike Mignola, I do not understand. He, he added a bunch of muscle mass to her the same way he did with the Hulk and shaman, but it just doesn't work with this character. It looks kind of like, Two children are on each other's shoulders inside the suit. <laughs> I mean, she's so stretched out and kind of weirdly positioned. I mean, again, it's it wasn't until I looked and bulky. Yeah, she's bulky, and especially at the midsection, she's just kind of stretched out. It's uh, it's it's a shame because once you see it, it's hard not to see it. I think part of the problem. I mean, Doug, I want to get more of your take on this cover as well. But just talking about what you're saying, mm-hmm. part of the problem is there's a weird. I mean, first of all. I don't believe if anyone had on a superhero suit, you'd actually see their belly button. And there's always a belly button. And I don't (laughs) understand that decision. But just above her belly button, there's a bit of shading that makes everything not make any sense. I mean, a lot of it doesn't make sense. But that is the extra bit of cherry on the not make sense Sunday that you go, what what is happening there? She's like bending in a way that doesn't work. I feel like if you extrapolate the half of the maple leaf that's on that costume, and then you tried to mirror it with the other half, they'd be the most screwed up looking maple leaves that you would ever see. I mean, how many points are we seeing here? Uh, I mean, it must be really hard to make that consistent. But yeah, it's definitely the bottom part of that part of that maple leaf that is uh, playing tricks it's on how that's a supposed weird to look. Decision. I, I, my guess is that he, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the sort of thing that. You happens and he he actually sees it and knows it doesn't quite work, but he's like they'll let it go. It's fine. The rest of it works. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Doug, what do you think? Other than the the weird portrayal of Heather's physique, how did you feel about this cover? Oh, I love it. I mean, I really, really love it. It, it and Adrian has already said it all. The only thing I want to mention is that the coloring is also very, very unique on these samurai costumes. Um, just the, the bright blues and greens and purples. It's just, it really makes it pop in a, in a really unique and fun way. I mean, I could totally see this being printed out as a poster. It's, it's that fun to look at and it has so many like little details on their armor. I mean, it really is just a tr- tremendous cover. And you know, I don't want to make too much of the, the weird physicality parts of Heather and how it looks, uh, on, on the cover here, because overall, this is still, I think, one of my favorite of the entire series. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that Manuel ever is particularly like doing. Uh, you know, like photorealistic body sizes. No. Anyway, like everything is kind of weirdly <laughs> proportioned in his work. So yeah, but usually it has some kind of rhyme or reason to it, and it, and it just like it. It it didn't seem all that intentional to me here. Right. Well, I agree with y'all. It's a great cover. Uh, I think my only actual thing is that you know, um, some t- you know, bait and switch is not a big deal. Uh, and and this is not that, but uh, this is a situation where the action on the cover is more awesome than than to me than any of the action in the actual <laughs> issue. Yeah. And so in that way, it's not technically a bait and switch, but it is a situation where I would buy this if I hadn't gotten a chance to look at it. Like if it was sealed, I would buy it hoping that's what I was going to get in the comic. And you don't quite get that. It's 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 still pretty good, but it's not quite that. Um, let's talk about what does happen in this comic though uh adriana what did what sort of stood out for you about this story uh and don't say marina at the end uh what what sort of was appealing to you about this particular issue well you're in luck liam because i wasn't going to say anything about marina (laughs) i'm so glad um i well i guess what stood out to me about this issue is that heather kind of finally gets her gets her act together here and makes a decision to be a leader and um, 
I'm going to sound like a hypocrite here because now I'm going to complain about her being heroic. But I I don't quite buy how this battle between Heather and Lady Deathstrike plays out. Like all <laughs> like so Lady Deathstrike, she's this very formidable foe that everybody is having trouble dealing with and suddenly Heather shows up and what does she do stick 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 her arm out and then suddenly the sword <laughs> breaks. I, I, I think it's like a, a bit of a cheat in how he he wraps up this conflict. But you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. I was complaining about Heather for the last like two episodes, so I'm glad I'm glad things finally turned around for her. <laughs> uh yeah. I, I, I see what <laughs> you're saying here. Um I I mean don't be wrong, okay. Lady Deathstrike's sword in and of itself is a weird thing, right? It would actually make sense if it was adamantium, though I think part of her motivation to get at Wolverine is this feeling that she can't access adamantium. Not just the process that binds it to his bones, but adamantium itself. There's not a lot of it around. It's not like she can just go buy some at the store. So I think this is part of her motivation. Uh, So I get why it wouldn't make sense for her necessarily to have an adamantium sword. But what exactly is going on with her sword? Like, how 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 do we make sense of that in any sort of way? Um, it has something to do with electromagnetic things, right, Doug? What's what's going on with her sword? I have no idea, Liam, and I, it's it's kind of an unfair an unfair question. I, I can I can say one thing: Bill Mantlo, just like all of us. He really loved that Chris Claremont, Frank Miller, Wolverine with miniseries from 1982. And he decided, I'm going to use that as the basis for my own story here. And I'm not sure all the elements necessarily work together, including for some reason, Lady Deathstrike doing a lengthy flashback of her father's background. I don't even know why that's part of this. <laughs> well, I think it, 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 uh, I guess well, it explains her motivation, but I mean, you yeah. know, it's, <laughs> it's, it kind of mirrors the whole nemesis deadly earnest. Yeah, it, you know what? It, it does kind of. Do you think this is part of? Um, do you think this is part of Mantlo wanting to connect the comic to the wider comic world? You know, it's because this is stuff. I could see that. But this is this is what I thought was weird, though, is that are these things that happened in a different issue? Because there was, did I miss it? Was there not? I didn't see one of those. As oh yeah, there it is. So I think <laughs> he's just connecting it to Daredevil. Yeah. So it's like okay, hey. You know, this is stuff, that, and, and you know, Marvel is more stoked on this than than almost anything else. Sometimes it's just how do we make all these comics connect to each other? So now this issue of Alpha Flight is now part of Daredevil's, you know, reality, and it's part of his story. And so, in some way, that makes it somehow better. Though I don't know that it does per se. But it, it certainly gives us some understanding of this character. And, and I guess maybe this is a character that they had been planning to bring back. And so he just gets to capitalize on that. Sure. But I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, I know Lady Deathstrike as a character, but not from this time period. I knew her. Uh, I read a lot of her from the from the, when she joins the Reavers uh, and that, yeah. that whole uh, plot line. But uh, Liam, yeah, I, can't, I, I can't stop laughing right now because all I could think about is Puck Running into Wolverine's head with right, <laughs> Doug. Was that your favorite part of the issue? Was just seeing Wolverine get clocked by an Omnijet? It's just so. I mean, Wolverine certainly in 2019, he's been set up as nigh indestructible. But even you know at this time period, he certainly doesn't go down easy. But I just like the idea that like. Something that would turn someone else into just mulch. He just gets bonked and there's the big frack sound uh, sound effect uh, next to him. And he just goes, Ugh. but it's just enough to kind of knock him off guard because the whole point of it is to take him out of the picture. So Vindicator can step in, use her blast to just, you know, to, to easily dispose of Lady Deathstrike. I mean, it's everything's got to come together at the end. We knew it. And I do like the fact that the that both Puck and Wolverine are impressed by her. That they're like, "Whoa, I can't believe she's yeah. this powerful." But it's hard to it's hard not to think about the fact that this all of this that she's able to do is because of that suit. I mean, it's it's all the suit, and that suit was developed for well, not just her, but like you know, it's it's it was put together by members of Alpha Flight. Any of them could have worn it and maybe done just as well. Again, I just I I. I 
feel like sometimes on this podcast, I knock her a little too hard. Um, but I still want to be impressed by her. And I want her decisions to be things that, that make sense as a leader and, and someone who takes hold as a leader. Because one of the things that defined James Hudson was that he didn't feel like he was good enough. And then he proved himself as not being good enough. So here isn't a chance for Alpha Flake to have a true leader. And even right now, she's, she, you know, maybe even the fact that, that when she's breaking the sword, she's like, no problem, right? No, I would have liked to have seen her struggle a little bit and then succeed. But uh, maybe that's just my preference. I guess that that was really what I was trying to get at. I was like fumbling with it. But yeah, Doug, you're exactly right. Well, let me step in here as Heather's defender and say that uh, <laughs> you are actually... Excuse me, I was like advocating <laughs> for Heather for the last let two Let me step episodes. in as Heather's sole defender in the entire universe and say, <laughs> no, 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 you're, you're, you, you are both right. I will say that the only thing that I want to add as a wrinkle to this is that the issue is not just... Uh, seeing her struggle, it's that the entire theme uh, that they're trying to address with her is inconsistent. That Mantlo is screwing this up. That the, what we're seeing here is 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 Mantlo's flaw, and that we move immediately from Wolverine trying to make the point to her that like powers don't matter and leadership is more than that. Look at Storm; she doesn't have powers, and she's a leader. And blah blah blah. To all Heather does is break a sword with her powers, and they go, well, look at her. She's really showed us that she's more than we re- You already knew the suit was cool. We already established the suit was cool. The entire point here is that she needs to learn how to be a leader and a powerful hero sans the suit, and the suit is just an addition to what she already brings to the table. And then the the comic doesn't show us that at all unless her super you know leadership ability is forgiving her husband for being a weirdo maybe that's what we're supposed to figure out is that's her leadership moment she goes you know maybe james did put my life in danger for canadian national security but that's just the world we live in and i'm okay with it is that what we're supposed to get from this is that what she's bringing to the table it it just the, the 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 i'm fine you know i'm a little less concerned with her breaking the sword or her confidence she shows in breaking the sword. I'm more concerned with they couldn't create a single scenario where she conquers her fear or makes a strong leadership. Or does something else other than go, oh, this could break a sword because and and it's not even like she goes in necessarily um, unaware of its power. Everyone else has thrown their swords at her. I mean, I guess you know <laughs> this sword is a special sword, but the whole point of the suit is that it it repels various weaponry so why wouldn't it 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 would have to be the most magical sword of the in the world and i just don't think that that's even on the table so i i don't know i i guess for me it's not just uh where you know uh her character but even on a larger scale but even just the themes of this issue we've just had wolverine speechifying about being a hero is more than your abilities and then all we're shown is her relying on her ability to use the suit it 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 doesn't make sense shaman's part of the story also ties into that theme they sort of rehash that that whole thing that we talked about uh in the last episode about how you know shaman has to look look within himself and find strength uh within himself in order to to use his powers I think Heather Heather's whole situation was supposed to tie in with that, but it doesn't really. No. And even that seems weird in that the way their conversation goes, because he's already said to Shaman, like, the bag wasn't important. It was your faith. Mm-hmm. And then now Shaman's like, well, you know, uh, I, you know, the bag, it, it, it doesn't seem so great. And his grandfather's like, you know, well, maybe you're magic enough. Who knows? Go out in the. You got to go be tested <laughs> in the in the magic place to find out if there's any magic in you other than the bag. And I'm like, didn't we already establish that the magic was already from him because of his face? I'm. It's. I just feel like they keep moving the goalposts on us here. That's what I'm trying <laughs> to get at. I, I just feel like they they want to move the story along. I say they. It feels like Mantlo is a writer. He wants to move the story along. He wants there to be drama, but he hasn't quite figured out all of the the value posts that he said is like what matters. You know, if we already have been told his faith is what made the bag work, then why does he have to go be tested? Is he, is his faith being tested or is his, you know, some other magic thing being tested? It, it, it just doesn't 
it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's, it feels like he's just throwing a lot of words at the at the page without them really sort of connecting with each other. Um, wh- Liam? What else? Liam, yeah, I ahead. have one more thing I want to say, Please. which is that this issue also has another problematic statement by Puck about his own yes. uh, dwarfishness. Yes. And, yes. Um, and, Bo- and Box says something weird as well. And Box does. It was as well. the previous issue, actually. Well, it's in this one right here. I'm just looking at what he says. Where it's right, right when he takes off in the Omnijed, he says, "Living with the pain of being trapped in this absurd dwarvish body, I can almost bear." There was another instance in the previous issue where he refers to himself as a lousy little dwarf. Yeah, I, I, it feels like every. Yeah, it feel it feels like every issue has some sort of like overt reference to them kind of self-hating and i really i don't like that at all one of the great things about puck when he was first introduced is that he seemed to be really happy in his own skin outside of the pain that it left him in but he seemed like you know really uh assured of himself and i i don't like that being taken away from the character yeah puck constantly denigrating himself just feels way wrong like even considering his emotional state and and uh these these two issues with what's going on with heather it just doesn't doesn't feel right at all. It's gross. I uh, I know that's not the most eloquent way to put it, but like I feel I feel gross. No, what I I think one hundred percent you're correct, and I and I think that I made the mistake uh, early on in this very show of sort of pointing the finger at Burn that he didn't give Alpha Flight a chance to shine, and and that they were too negative, and uh, and that I think that's not entirely not. Uh, untrue but Malo is far more guilty of this that as soon as he takes over so many characters are just so involved in their own um, failures their own inabilities and the worst case for me are these two because at least with Heather it's based on um, some reality right it's based on how she has made a few mistakes here and there or she doesn't have powers even though it's exaggerated it makes sense the idea that Puck and uh, box would just be living their lives as heroes, constantly reminding themselves uh, of the the things that they are quote unquote overcoming in the most negative, self hating language possible. Why? And and to and it feels like part of an overall arc, which is of this team, uh, not getting the win of this team ha- being in sort of a negative space. It, it's starting to make me wonder how. Bill Mantlo's own mental health was doing when he was writing this comic because it's just seems so negative and down. And, and, and so like, it, it, is that the heroes that they are is just because they get past these negative emotions or self things. The, the only person who seems pretty sure of himself is North star and he's set up as the <laughs> yeah. jerk of the comic. And I don't know. I, I, I just, I didn't think that about, as you said, Doug, I didn't think that about Puck early on that. Yeah. He's aware of that. He's different and that, there might be uh, assumptions people have about him because of that, but he also is pretty sure of who he is and 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 sort of where he's at in the world. And, and that's not the puck we're getting right now, and it's it's not my favorite. It, it really bums me out. Yeah, I'm really missing Burns' characterization of of certain characters. To quote Canadian legend Joni Mitchell, <laughs> "Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone?" <laughs> it's true. I, I I I'm not saying that I was completely wrong. There were there were some part places where Burns oh sure wasn't doing, wasn't doing what I wanted. But I think now some of my view of Burn is colored by having read a lot of this Mantlo material. And so some of it was projecting from Alpha Flight's future onto its past in a way that was a bit unfair. Uh, The classic example being it's Mantlo who gives us this terrible backstory for Puck. I think Burn was somewhat comfortable with Puck just being who we thought Puck was originally. Uh, anything else we want to say about this story? I mean, Doug, I'm sure you want to dig into this rich Marina material we get at the end here. I feel like it's teasing so much, Liam. It, like, Marina, I'm worried for her. I don't know how this is all going to tie into the greater Alphaverse, but I feel like I can't really talk about it now. I want to see where it goes when she inevitably, uh, I don't know, takes over Atlantis. I guess that's where this is going. Sure. Uh, that's going to be really exciting and fun to talk about. So let's let's save that for another day. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. I as agree because well. I really don't have anything to say. <laughs> no, about I, I, I was, I was kidding. I don't think there's anything to say. This is terrible. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, okay, <laughs> let's jump into the art then. Uh, Doug, I'm going to start with you this time. How would you feel about the art this issue? I got something really important to ask, and I feel embarrassed to ask it. So, uh, but I'm going to ask you, Liam, directly. North Star, has right. he always had pointy Vulcan ears? So since uh, uh, our man here has written these two issues, both issues, both uh, North Star and Aurora mm-hmm. look like elves, very directly like elves. They both have pointy elfish ears. Um I haven't noticed it in the past, but I couldn't say for certain. Adriana, what do you think? Uh, is this a new thing that they're suddenly elven or have they always had a bit of a of a fairy folk thing going on with them? First of all, Doug, I am outraged that you would pose a North Star question to Liam over there. Ah. Well, that's why I had to ask him because I figured you'd be mad if I if he has had pointed ears for the entire run so far and I didn't notice. <laughs> no, come on, Doug. You, you know me. I'm, I'm very understanding. <laughs> but I would say that I think they've always had like slightly elven features, but it, it has never been as pronounced as what we're seeing here. And let me tell you, there is a reason for that. And oh boy, I can't wait. That sounds great. (laughs) I feel like I'm being teased, Liam. I don't know what to expect, but I I fear what's to come. (laughs) I mean, that should just be how we go move forward is Mm -hmm. with anticipation and a little bit of fear. That that makes sense. Uh, Okay, so Doug is concerned about their ears. Adriana, what did you think about the art decision? The only thing I right now I can think of to highlight is that I just really love Mignola's Japanese armor design. And I think it's actually a lot cooler than Busima's that we see in the interior. Like I, I, I just think it does, it does not get any better than what we see on the cover. Yeah, I, uh, I think... So w- when we open up the issue, uh, I'm not sure about the... Uh, this isn't this isn't Busima, but just in general, uh, I don't. I'm not sure about the lettering for Honor, the title of the comic. I think that's a weird choice, honestly. But remove that. It's because it's missing missing the letter U that the the word Honor certainly should have. Yeah, I hate you so much. Um, <laughs> uh, take away that though. This first panel had me thinking. Okay, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe uh, our man is going to do something more. Maybe Busima is going to bust out some interesting stuff this issue because i really like this i really like this first panel uh i i don't know how it looks in the digital copy for y'all i'm looking at a real life version but it looks pretty good it reminds me of the something a little bit more ambitious like we would see burn do uh, and i like the mm. action of the jet going it, it all sort of appeals to me <laughs> and then the i do have to say liam that the the uh, the alpha flight omni ship which i actually like it's kind of cool it's a little chunky sure, sure, sure. it's a thick it's a thick ship. It's a thick ship. Uh, I love that thick having, ship. Having the big letter A on the fin at the top could be really confusing because it looks a lot like the Avengers A, which is on all of their right. stuff. Right. And I like how this new logo, <laughs> the black bar is supposed to suggest that it's AF. And I'm like, what, chi- what child reading this? I say child. What young person reading this looked at that and thought, oh, yeah, AF, Alpha Flight. I totally get it. Like, I just don't think. That's a thing. I I thought it was a shadow until you said that, Liam. Nope, it's AF. It's that's what it is. It's super super cool. Good good work, guys. Uh, um, I will say past that page though, I'm not in love with the art. The one exception I want to bring up, you mentioned, uh, Adriana, last issue, the faces. Uh, on I guess this is page four. Um, box face when when uh. Doug walks in with Snowbird is very good, actually. I, I That was one of those moments where I thought, oh, that's very expressive. Uh, I, it really stood out to me. But the rest of the issue, I mean, this is an issue in which Heather, in her soon-to-be-named Vindicator uh, suit, and Wolverine <laughs> fight a bunch of samurai and possibly ninjas, depending on what's being drawn at the time. And uh, <laughs> there's no awesome moments, really. At least for me, nothing really stood out. It, it, it's it, you know, it tells the story, that it serves the plot, but at no point was there something truly next level awesome. And if I'm going to see Wolverine fight samurai, I need just a couple of just real standout uh, panels to really give me the intensity of what I'm seeing. And, and I didn't see that at all. Am I wrong? Did, was, did there anything 
action-wise stand out for you guys at all in this issue? I mean, you're exactly right, Liam. It's strange because, like I said, at the end of the last issue, the final panel had me, like, like geared up. I'm like, yeah, okay, we're going to get to all sorts of samurai action. But when it plays out, it's actually not that interesting. And the things that I liked more than the samurai action were all of the quieter moments. You know, I complained a little about the fact that this is kind of flashback heavy. We get to see Lady Deathstrike's flashback. We get to see her father. But I think all of that material looks really good and it's really effective. And I, I so is the uh, the shaman material, even though it's only a few panels. But when it gets into the action proper, yeah, there's just, like you said, it's a bunch of samurais and ninjas and swords and shurikens and they're all flying around. But all that really comes out of it is is Vindicator blasting people and i mean it maybe it's simply because it's such a one-sided fight it never really seems like they're in any danger at all they're just cutting through them all the time um that that it doesn't have as much interest to it but yeah i was disappointed that the uh the samurai action didn't live up to expectations it's a shame because i i i want again this is this is a known sort of uh artist who who has a long history and i wanted there to be something that i could kind of latch onto and say oh i really appreciate uh what was happening here and it just wasn't there you know there's there's a great moment where uh heather starts to uh, zap some of these fighters because they're all focused because Lady Deathstrike's focus is, is on Wolverine. They're all focused on Wolverine. So having her sort of jump into the fray kind of uh, offsets that a little bit. And it's just not that interesting to look at. I just want there to be something a little bit more. And, and I don't know. It's, I, I don't see it. I also... Uh, this is goes back to the story a little bit, but in the art, we're supposed to be getting the idea that Wolverine is very directly not murdering these people. Like that's a decision yeah. he's making. <laughs> and, and many of the slices, I'm thinking, how is he not murdering them? There's there's a moment where he, uh, I don't know, uh, I guess he, there he's in a tree. And he does something to the back of the neck of one of these fighters. And I'm supposed to believe he hasn't sliced his neck open. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I haven't seen like, what did he do to that guy? It's a disappointment. But then again, um, I think we sort of expressed that while uh, there was nothing in either of these issues that was uh, upsetting other than our continuing concern about how Mantlo is writing both Puck and, and, and Box, um, none of us were overly impressed either whether that's art or story-wise it seems that both these issues just sort of move forward without sort of leaving a huge impression am i wrong about that did, did either one of you feel particularly good about anything in, in either of these issues I, I not particularly liam but i do have some real hope for the future you know why why because starting with the next issue they're bringing a canadian on as the lead penciler for Alpha Flight for the foreseeable future, Whoa. Dave Ross starts next issue. Finally, a Canadian, finally a true Canadian, not this bastardized burn version. <laughs> a real Canadian drawing Alpha Flight. I feel like he's just the man we need to get things back on track. Hmm. What do you think about that, Adriana? I'm not going to tell a Canadian commenting on a comic book about Canadians that he, that he doesn't know what he's talking about. So you, you, you avoided you avoided my obvious trap. Good work. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our discussion of issues 33 and 34. Uh, next episode, we will not be discussing issues 35 and 36. We'll be discussing Alpha Flight True North. Going to spend some time talking about this one shot. Uh, what we think of it. I'll actually read it to check it out so i have something to say uh and 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 you know spend some time uh uh going over that as well um i think after that we we have a annual to talk about and eventually uh 35 and 36 so i think our future here looks bright even if there is a canadian drawing it i think we still looks bright hey now, uh, come on if you have any thoughts about uh this episode or other episodes please contact us uh adrian if they want to hit us up on twitter or email how would they do that they can find us on Twitter at FlightStuffPod. Uh, and if they would prefer email to get in touch with us, they can do so uh, by uh, dropping us a line at FlightStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, check us out on Cinepunks.com as well as 
any number of other shows uh, we have at Cinepunks, all of which are great, uh, but specifically we'd love to to hype up Tomb of Ideas, the other comics podcast on, on the network. Uh, and if you want to follow me on social media, I don't know why you would, I'm at Liam Rules on Twitter, and you should check out Cinepunks. Liam, sorry, sorry, Liam, sorry to interrupt. How do you spell rules if people want to find you on Twitter? R-U-L-Z. And if you want to follow Cinepunks, that's uh, Punks with an X. Uh, uh, Doug, if they want to, for some reason, hear, uh, hear. if they want to read more of your thoughts on Twitter, uh, where can they find you? You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. I appreciate that. And Adriana, what if they would like to discover some of your uh, thoughts on Twitter? Where, Where would they find you? You can find me at E-A-D-X-B-B. Awesome. Uh, please tell your friends about this podcast. Post about us. Find a cool comics Facebook group and drop a link. Uh, talk. iTunes reviews too, please. iTunes. Yes. I was about to say, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, uh, talk about us at brunch. Whatever it takes to get the <laughs> word out. Uh, and let us know. You know, we really do want to hear back from you what you think. Uh, and thanks to everyone who supports the Cinepunks Network on Patreon uh, and to our, uh, you know, sponsors quote-unquote lehigh valley apparel creations uh but until next time uh flight stuff out